Good morning. Today is Saturday, February 1st, 2020. Today we commemorate Bridget of Kildare. Our readings for this morning, and we're, what we're going to do is go ahead and read the daily office readings for this morning, um, including the gospel, so like all of the all of the scriptures assigned for today, because this evening is the eve of the presentation. And so we'll read special readings this evening. So our readings for today are Psalm 55, Genesis 18, 1 through 16, Hebrews 10, 26 through 39, and the Gospel of John 6, 16 through 27. I will give you as a light to the nations, that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Creator, to set forth their praise, to hear their holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation and so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship them. Let us kneel in silence, and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by their infinite goodness and mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness and by the power of the Holy Spirit keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, let our mouth proclaim your praise and your glory all the day long. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. God has shown forth their glory. Come, let us adore them. Come, let us sing to God. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before their presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to them with psalms. For our God is a great God and a great ruler above all gods. In God's hand are the caverns of the earth and the heights of the hills are theirs also. The sea is theirs for they made it and their hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee and kneel before God our maker. For they are our God and we are the people of their pasture and the sheep of their hand. Oh, that today you would hearken to their voice. God has shown forth her glory. Come, let us adore them. Psalm 55. 
Give ear to my prayer, O God. Do not hide yourself from my supplication. Attend to me and answer me. I am troubled in my complaint. I am distraught by the noise of the enemy because of the clamor of the wicked. For they bring trouble upon me, and in anger they cherish enmity against me. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fear and trembling come upon me, and horror overwhelms me. And I say, Oh, that I had wings like a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. Truly, I would flee far away. I would lodge in the wilderness. I would hurry to find a shelter for myself from the raging wind and tempest. Confuse, O God, confound their speech. For I see violence and strife in the city. Day and night they go around it, on its walls, and iniquity and trouble are within it. Ruin is in its midst. Oppression and fraud do not depart from its marketplace. It is not enemies who taunt me. I could bear that. It is not adversaries who deal insolently with me. I could hide from them. But it is you, my equal, my companion, my familiar friend, with whom I kept pleasant company. We walked in the house of God with the throng. Let death come upon them. Let them go down alive to Sheol. For evil is in their homes and in their hearts. But I call upon God, and God will save me. Evening and morning and at noon, I utter my complaint and moan. And God will hear my voice. God will redeem me unharmed from the battle that I wage, for many, are array, for many are arrayed against me. God, who is enthroned from of old, will hear and will humble them, because they do not change and do not fear God. My companion laid hands on a friend and violated a covenant with me, with speech smoother than butter, but with a heart set on war, with words that were softer than oil, but in fact were drawn swords. Cast your burden on God, and God will sustain you. God will never permit the righteous to be moved. But you, O God, will cast them down into the lowest pit. The bloodthirsty and treacherous shall not live out half their days, but I will trust in you. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Genesis, chapter 18, verses 1 through 16. God appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre as he sat at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day. He looked up and saw three men standing near him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent entrance to meet them and bowed down to the ground. He said, My God, if I find favor with you, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought, and wash your feet, and rest yourselves under the tree. Let me bring a little bread, that you may refresh yourselves, and after that you may pass on. Since you have come to your servant. And they said, Do as you have said. And Abraham hastened into the tent to Sarah, and said, Make ready quickly three measures of choice flour, knead it, and make cakes. Abraham ran to the herd and took a calf, tender and good, and gave it to the servant who hastened to prepare it. 
Then he took curds and milk and the calf that he had prepared and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree while they ate. They said to him, Where is your wife Sarah? And he said, There in the tent. Then one said, I will surely return to you in due season, and your wife Sarah will have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent entrance behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age. It had ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. So Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I have grown old and my husband is old, shall I have pleasure? God said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Is anything too wonderful for God? At the set time I will return to you in due season, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. He said, Oh yes, you did laugh. Then the men set out from there, and they looked toward Sodom. And Abraham went with them to set them on their way. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle 12, a song of creation. Glorify God, all you works of God. Sing praise and give honor forever. In the high vault of heaven, glorify God. Sing praise and give honor forever. Glorify you Glorify God, you angels and all powers of God, O heavens and all waters above the heavens, sun and moon and stars of the sky. Glorify God. Sing praise and give honor forever. Glorify God, every shower of rain and fall of dew, all winds and fire and heat. Winter and summer, glorify God. Sing praise and give honor forever. Glorify God, O chill and cold, drops of dew and flakes of snow. Frost and cold, ice and sleet, glorify God. Sing praise and give honor forever. Glorify God, O nights and days, O shining light and enfolding dark. Storm clouds and thunderbolts, glorify God. Sing praise and give honor forever. Let the earth glorify God. Sing praise and give honor forever. Glorify God, O mountains and hills and all that grows upon the earth. Sing praise and give honor forever. Glorify God, O springs of water, seas, and streams, O whales and all that move in the waters. All birds of the air, glorify God. Sing praise and give honor forever. Glorify God, O beasts of the wild, and all you flocks and herds. O men and women everywhere, glorify God. Sing praise and give honor forever. Let the people of God glorify God. Sing praise and give honor forever. Glorify God, O priests and servants of God. Sing praise and give honor forever. Glorify God, O spirits and souls of the righteous. Sing praise and give honor forever. You that are holy and humble of heart, glorify God. Sing praise and give honor forever. Let us glorify God, creator, incarnate, and Holy Spirit. Sing praise and give honor forever. In the high vault of heaven, glorify God. Sing praise and give honor forever. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Hebrews chapter 10, verses 26 through 39. But if we, will for, if we willfully persist in sin, 
after having received the knowledge of the truth. There no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a fearful prospect of judgment and a fury of fire that will come consume the adversaries. Anyone who has violated the law of Moses dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by those who have spurned the Son of God, profaned the blood of the covenant by which they were sanctified, and outraged the Spirit of grace? For we know the one who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. And again, God will judge God's people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. But you recall those earlier days when after you had been enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly exposed to abuse and persecution, and sometimes being partners with those so treated. For you had compassion with those, for, those who were, for those who were in prison, and you cheerfully accepted the plundering of your possessions, knowing that you yourselves possess something better and more lasting. Do not, therefore, abandon that confidence of yours. It brings a great reward. For you need endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. For yet, in a very little while, the one who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith. My soul takes no pleasure in anyone who shrinks back. But we are not among those who shrink back and so are lost, but among those who have faith and so are saved. Praise the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Amen. Canticle O, A Song of the Heavenly City. I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the God of surpassing strength and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to light it, for the glory of God shines on it, and its lamp is the Lamb. By its light the nations shall walk, and the rulers of the world lay their honor and glory there. Its gates shall never be shut by day, nor shall there be any night. Into it they will bring the honor and glory of nations. I saw the clean river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. The tree of life spanned the river, giving fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of nations. All curses cease where the throne of God and the Lamb stands, and all servants give worship there. There they will see God's face, whose name shall be on their foreheads. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of our gracious Jesus Christ, according to John. Glory to you, gracious Christ. John chapter 6, verses 16 through 27. When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the sea to Capernaum. It was now dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. When they had rowed about three or four miles, 
they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near to the boat, and they were terrified. But he said to them, It is I, do not be afraid. Then they wanted to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the land toward which they were going. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there. They also saw that Jesus had not got into the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. Then some boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after God had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For it is on him that God the Creator has set God's seal. The Holy Gospel of our gracious Jesus Christ. Praise to you. Holy and blessed Christ, Word incarnate, Word made flesh. Amen. I believe in God Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary, who suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried who descended to the dead, on the third day rose again, ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Creator in heaven. Jesus will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Hear our cry, O God and listen to our prayer. Let us pray. Our God in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your sovereignty come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Save your people, God, and bless your inheritance. Govern and uphold them, now and always. Day by day we bless you. We praise your name forever. God, keep us from all sin today. Have mercy on us, God, have mercy. God, show us your love and mercy, for we put our trust in you. In you, God, is our hope, and we shall never hope in vain. Almighty God, who after the creation of the world rested from all your works and sanctified a day of rest for all your creatures, grant that we, putting away all earthly anxieties, may be duly prepared for the service of your sanctuary, and that our rest here upon earth may be a preparation for the eternal rest promised to your people in heaven. Through Jesus Christ, our God. Amen.
Give us grace, O God, to answer readily the call of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and proclaim to all people the good news of Christ's salvation, that we and the whole world may perceive the glory of Christ's marvelous works, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. O God, ruler eternal, whose light divides the day from the night and turns the shadow of death into the morning, drive far from us all wrong desires, incline our hearts to keep your law, and guide our feet into the way of peace, that having done your will with cheerfulness during the day, we may, when night comes, rejoice to give you thanks. Through Jesus Christ, our God. Amen. O God, the author of peace and lover of concord, to know you is eternal life and to serve you is perfect freedom. Defend us, your humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in your defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries. Through the might of Jesus Christ, our God. Amen. God, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Let's read what holy women, holy men has to say about Bridget of Kildare. Next to Patrick, Bridget is the most beloved of Irish saints. Born in Fokart about the middle of the 5th century, she may have met Patrick as a young girl. She was said to be the daughter of Dubthach, poet laureate of King Loher, and was, and was reared in a Druid household. She decided early in life to dedicate her life to God alone as a Christian. She received a nun's veil from Bishop Michal of Westmeath. Gathering around her a group of women, Bridget, in 470, founded a nunnery at Kildare, a place whose name meant Church of the Oak. Here had flourished the cult of a pagan goddess, from which it was said to have derived the sacred fire, which she and her successors maintained. To secure the sacraments, Bridget persuaded the anchorite Conliad to receive Episcopal ordination and to bring his community of monks to Kildare, thus establishing the only known Irish double monastery of men and women. Bridget actively participated in policy-making decisions in church conventions. 
One story has it that she received Episcopal orders, which may reflect only the fact that she exercised the jurisdictional authority that was customarily wielded by medieval abbesses. Many stories are told of Bridget's concern for the poor and needy. When a leper woman asked for milk, she was healed also of her infirmity. Two blind men were given their sight. Best known is the tale that tells of Bridget's taming of a wolf at the request of a local chieftain whose pet dog had been killed accidentally by a peasant. The Gaelic name given to the oyster-catching bird, Gal Brigade, attests to her affinity for birds. Her feast day itself, February 1st, was long held sacred as Imbolg, the Celtic festival of spring. Bridget died about 523 at Kildare, outside whose small cathedral the foundations of her firehouse are still shown to tourists. Her remains are said to have been reinterred at the time of the Danish invasions of the 9th, of the 9th century with those of Patrick at Downpatrick. Bridget, also known as Bride, was very popular both in Scotland and England, where many churches have been dedicated to her. The best known of them is that church which was designed by Christopher Wren on Fleet Street in London. In Wales, Bridget achieved fame under her Gaelic name, Freyd. Ever-living God, we rejoice today in the fellowship of thy blessed servant, Bridget and we give thee thanks for her life of devoted service. Inspire us with life and light, and give us perseverance to serve thee all our days, through Jesus Christ, who with thee and the Holy Spirit liveth and reigneth one God forever and ever. Amen. And if you would like to read further readings dedicated for Bridget's Day, they are Judges 4, 4 through 9, 1 Corinthians 1, 26 through 31, and Matthew 6, 25 through 33. I think we have a little time to talk briefly about our readings this morning. The very first line of Psalm 55 strikes me. It says, give ear to my prayer. And it makes me think about, you know, that old kind of mind puzzle. If a tree falls in the forest and there's no one around to hear, does it make a sound? And I think, you know, that's silly. But, but where my mind went with this was that God gives ear to our prayers. God is the receiver of our prayers. So our prayers are always heard. Our prayers always have substance. Our prayers always have um, sorry, searching for the right word here. Reality is not the right word. Maybe spiritual substances, because God is there, always there to receive them. They are not going out into the void. They are not going out into nothingness. And then there are a couple lines here that I want to speak to. They're kind of the example not to follow. So in, in the latter part of verse 3, the enemies are spoken of as cherishing en enmity. And there's a similar phrase used here uh, in verse 21, heart set on war. So these describe a focus on... <coughs> Bless me, sorry a focus on anger and hatred and warfare and strife. And very clearly our psalmist says that this is the way of, 
this is not the words the psalmist used. These are my words or the, the, the words commonly used in spiritual direction, but the way of desolation, you know, the way that spirals away from God. And I think too often, and this might be channeling Walter Wink a little bit. You guys know I've been studying him for like the past year. You have to, I have to at least kind of take Walter Wink in small bites and you might find this really funny, and I think I might have said it before, but the way that I sometimes handle like really heavy books that I'm reading or something that's really dense with a lot in it is I'll read them as my bathroom book. <laughs> so I'll have that book in the bathroom when, when I'm doing my business. I just read it five minutes at a time, you know, because it breaking up tough things into bite-sized chunks helps. You know, that old saying, eat the elephant one bite at a time. Um, but anyway, to go back to, to Walter Wink and kind of the, the, the Winkism that I, I was going for there. Hang on a second. Cause I kind of lost it. Let me find it back again. I digressed. Um, okay. We in our culture have come to see violence and warfare and strife as not just a problem, but also as a solution. And so it is like meeting like here, and it's not working, right? The myth of redemptive violence is what Wink calls it. Um, and it is basically, um, for at least the purpose of what we're talking about here, this, this myth that, that vengeance makes things right, right? So when the superhero or the action hero in the movie takes vengeance for the death of his loved ones and goes and kills the murderer, like then that sets things right. That rebalances things sort of. And that's not the truth at all. It just tips us further over into the very violence that we are fighting. So we become the thing that we're fighting and we perpetuate the hatred and the violence. And we must necessarily... And it's so much harder, right? Because, yeah, it, and, and I'm not saying disown the emotion. Anger is an emotion, is, is valid, but it's what you do with it. It's what you do with that energy that I think is so crucial. So when we, um, when we react out of the same anger, violence cycle, we perpetuate that cycle instead of breaking it. And we've been talking lately about, about the need to break cycles. And it is so hard to do. It is so much harder to choose love, to choose Jesus' third way. Because I agree with Wink in that I don't think it's this dichotomy. And you guys know how I feel about binary thinking to begin with. Um, but I won't go down that rabbit hole today. It is not just either choose to perpetuate the myth of redemptive violence, violence for violence, or choose to be a passive doormat and lie down and let violence wreak havoc over the world. Those are not the only two choices. There is Jesus' third way of active nonviolent resistance. And again, we won't get too far into that. If you're interested in it, go read some Walter Wink, or I can't think of their names right now. He had a couple kind of protégés. Go read those folks. And there's actually, the, he kind of peeled the concept out of his famous Powers trilogy 
and wrote um, a book called Jesus Third Way. So all that being said, I think that our psalm here, when you pull it, pull the threads out, really speaks to choosing something different, choosing not the way. And, and in this case, the psalmist is particularly wounded. In my commentary, it points out the fact that the psalmist isn't seeking sanctuary in the sanctuary because that's not a safe place for him. The sanctuary has become full of those who were supposed to be friends and colleagues and collaborators and has become a place of enemies. Those who were supposed to support each other have turned on the psalmist. And, and so the psalmist seeks refuge in the wilderness. And so things are kind of upside down and topsy-turvy here. And I think that this does indeed reflect how we often feel in our modern day lives that because of the competitive and violent culture that we have, have raised up, the people that we're supposed to be working with, supporting and collaborating and, and being a team with are enemies. The competition has caused strife and bitterness and, and spiritual war warfare. And we've got to stand up and say no to this. We've got to choose the way of love, which is not laying down and letting evil wreak havoc. It is standing up. And boy, howdy, do I know how standing up brings persecution and hatred and evil and more warfare. But I think we know deep in our hearts, and I don't mean this in the Disney movie, follow your heart kind of way. I mean like deep in the core of our inmost souls, in the place where Christ's love resides, in those initial creation fibers of our being, the Holy Spirit is knit into and has been since before God made us out of God's self. We know, we can discern when the time is to stand up. Someone said to me the other day that she had seen awful things happen and yet said nothing, put it in her back pocket because she thought, oh, if I say this, something bad's going to come after me. And I hope that where she was going was, she put it in her pocket to wait for God's timing. Not she ran in fear away from it, but that's something that we really have to discern. And that's a really tough one, is when the warning that we feel is fear from the enemy, or it's the Holy Spirit saying, not yet, not just yet, not right now. Because we don't have to, beloveds, fight every fight, right? Just as it says in this psalm, it's God's justice be done. God who's going to take care of it. God who's going to take care of us. God who's going to rescue us and smite, so to speak, the wrongdoers. And I would say there that it's not the creation, it's not the person that, that God smites, it's it's the evil, the counter-inspirer, however you want to put it, that has taken hold of that person. And sometimes that, 
destroying the evil feels like it's destroying part of the person. But in the end, when we cooperate with God, because we've all been the person wrongdoing at some point, right? When we cooperate with God, God relieves us from that. God rescues us from the wrongdoing, from the sin. And it hurts sometimes, but when we cooperate in that process with God, we emerge from the side, on the other side, our more truer selves, the selves that God made us to be, those that are kin to God, made from and by and for God. And I realize I, I kind of <laughs> went on about the psalm here and didn't leave us a whole lot of time for anything else. But it, it's connected, I promise you. So um, let's, let's speak to that rather quickly. Um, what I want to say about Genesis is I, I kind of feel like sad for Sarah that she lost an opportunity to hear, hear like have a great conversation with God about, wow, God, that seems really surprising to me. What's going on there, you know? And who knows like what kind of insight or what kind of like drawing near to God and knowing God would have happened. But because out of fear, Sarah lied and said, no, I didn't laugh she lost an opportunity to connect with God there. And as Brene Brown says, you know, let's get curious. Let's be more curious than we are afraid. Because it is scary to know new things and to change and all of this stuff. But when we get curious about it, we get deeper understanding and we get healing and we get connection. And that is absolutely huge. My therapist said to me that the things that would save me during this time of trial were C's, compassion, self-compassion, and curiosity. Get curious about what we're feeling and why. And, um, and so, you know, everything, God is good and everything turn, turns out in the end. And God still blessed Sarah. He didn't like take away her blessing, but I do feel like she missed an opportunity for connection. And so let us not miss opportunities for connection. All right, our New Testament reading in Hebrews. Talks about when we choose this opposite way that leads to desolation, that leads away from God. And I think that is the worst punishment of all, to be separated from God, because we're in a place of great pain and longing and incompleteness and unsettledness and despair. When we are far from God, even if we're smothering all of those feelings and states of being um, with the many things that we can smother them with in this life, in our diva selves, we are still feeling that. And so I think that, that this is, is the greatest travesty, is that when we choose sin, when we focus on sin, when we focus on anger and wrath and violence and hurt and wrongdoing, hurtfulness, I guess is what I'm trying to say, we turn away from God, we distance ourselves from God. And that is cold and bleak and awful, much more so than the hurt that we're afraid of in turning back to God 
and looking at our own reflection in the mirror. God has so much compassion for us. I believe that God is the ultimate example of compassion, that God chose to take our suffering upon God's self rather than visit it on us. So we need have nothing to be afraid of. God will walk right there with us through whatever pain we must face in order to become more holy and more whole. So as the writer says, don't abandon that confidence. And the confidence he's speaking of is the confidence in God. It brings a great reward. So endure. Be not among those who shrink back and are lost, but among those who have faith and are saved. And so then John, and I'm going to focus not on Jesus walking on the water, although that's really wonderful. And this is the shorter version of this story. Or maybe there are two different stories. Um, The one where uh, Peter gets out and walks with him. But I'm going to focus a little bit on the latter part. Because Jesus, this echoes the woman at the well and, and what we're talking about here with focus too. Where Jesus had said to the woman at the well, the water from the well is going to only satisfy you momentarily and then you will be thirsty again. But when you drink of me, the living water, you will never be thirsty again. And it's the same thing here. When you feed yourselves with earthly bread, you'll get hungry again. That's the way it works. But when you feed yourselves with God, that sustenance endures. And this is so connected to our spiritual prayer time, our sacraments, our time communing with God, all of these things are ways that we access and receive sustenance from God. And it is enduring and it lasts and it's cumulative. And it brings the peace that surpasses all understanding and the love that is God, God's self, the only way to truth and life and everlasting joy. Amen. Forgive me if I rushed. I spent too long in the Psalms and then rushed through the rest of the things and then perhaps didn't get to spend enough time talking about bringing it all, all together. But I hope that you can see the common threads, friends, and I hope that you live today curious and open to the change of transformation with God and becoming holy and that you are rooted in faith and love and that God gives you a peace that surpasses all understanding and allows you to enter into what Richard Rohr would call the flow and I might call the harmony of God's celestial spiritual being. The God who made us, not out of nothing, as my spiritual director would say, 
but out of God's self. We are made of the same spiritual substance that makes up God. We are ever connected, and may we enter into community and relationship with God and each other so that that which is of God in us recognizes that which is of God around us and with us, and we all strike true harmony together. That is a beautiful and powerful thing, my friends. And may you claim it, for it has already been given to you. Amen. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together in his name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O God, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. We live without fear for our Creator has made us holy has always protected us and loves us as a good mother loves her children. Go in peace to follow the good road, and may God's blessing be with you always. Amen.